How many of you actually made it, uh, you got eight or more hours sleep last night? These are the leaders. How many of you got six or more hours last night? Okay, you're getting there. How many of you got less than five hours sleep last night? I'm with you. All right, so we're going we're gonna to get through this together. It's going to be awesome. Um, a couple things. Actually, if I could have my friend Maya. Maya, if you could come on up here and help me out, that'd be awesome. And Maya's going to be um, someone who's going to help us out um, with our scripture today. And you can go ahead and have a seat over here, Maya, until I tell you. Do you have the marker too? Awesome, good. All right, and while she's doing that, you can go and have a seat right over there. Um, we, to, this weekend is a really spectacular weekend because this, this weekend, it's the 25th anniversary of Pastor Dave and Ruthie Jankowski's service at NBC. And so that's huge, 25 years. It's amazing. Very, very, very cool. So make sure that you get a chance to, to say hi to him afterwards um, and congratulate both of them afterwards. Um, I told him, I said, last night we said the same thing and there was applause, but um, he wasn't here. So I said, you can keep applauding. He's not going to hear you. But he heard that and she, so did she. So make sure you guys get a chance to go and uh, talk with them afterwards. Maya, if you can, if you could open up the first envelope and start writing, that'd be great. While she's doing that, I want you to, if I actually could have everyone take your phone out. If you could take your phone out and if you could take a photo of the screen right here, um, that would be awesome. This is really, really important. Here's why. Um, one of the things that we've recognized in our community is that there is a massive pandemic of hopelessness. And we're, and we're not the only ones that have noticed that. Um, the area counseling organizations have realized it. We've seen high schoolers in Manuka, in Morris, in Grundy County, Kendall County, Will County, we've seen the, um, them recognize that there's an uptick in people who are ending their lives. Many people in this room have gone to school with or know someone who has done that within the last couple of years. And that's a tragedy. And so Alliance uh, Counseling and Coaching and Evolve Therapeutics Center both, they kind of teamed up and said, hey, we, we want to do something about that mission. Would you be willing to house an opportunity for us just to be able to speak? And we said, absolutely. Um, and so we, did, we feel this is not our program. We feel privileged to just host their program. And, and this is the program. It's not a seminar. It's not a how-to. It's simply this. It's three young adults that are sharing their story. Three young adults, one of whom um, attends our church, but three young adults who came to the end of hope and were ready to end it all, did not want to get help, got help, and are on the other side of that as they still struggle through, but, they're, but they've all of a sudden been infused with the reality of being, getting to the other side of the depression and the anxiety as something that was leading them to feel like there was no hope. So on January 14th, at this, uh, on this church campus, we're going to be hosting this. And you need to be at this. Um, and if you're not, if this is something that you wrestle with, man, you need to be at this. But if this is somewhat, something that is something someone you love or know wrestles with, here's what I want you to do. I want you to look at that picture you took and I want you to simply uh, text them today and just say, hey, this is happening at our church on the 14th. It's, it's run by professionals. It's not run by pastors. It's run by people who actually know something about mental health. But here's the thing. We, we, I want you to go and I'll, I'll sit next to you. Will you come with me? And invite them. Bring them along with and, and get a chance to actually hear this and hear this out. Um, it's simply called My Story and it's on January 14th and I would encourage you to step in on that. Okay? All right, awesome. All right, um, so as, as Pastor Chris mentioned, um, 
he, he does that thing where you get, you get a, a, a word for the year that you said. How many of you still do resolutions? Does anyone make resolutions? No. Okay, okay. Like one, two people. The rest of us, I resolve to do nothing. And that's it. No change. But for a lot of us, the reason that we don't do resolutions is why? That's right. They fail. Someone said that bold. They fail. And then you feel like a failure. So we're like, forget resolutions. And a lot of people have flipped the script on doing resolutions. And instead, they just do one word because it's easier to remember or something. I don't know. But a lot of you have come up with one word, a word that challenges you for the next year, a word that you can kind of make like the center of the axis of your decision making, something that's going to push you closer to who you want to be. And, and I do this with my staff. I did this last year in January. We, every one of them came up with one word that was going to be the challenge word for them for this year. And so... Last night, I went to a, a, a New Year's Eve party, and at this New Year's Eve party, I, I've gone to it a couple times, and they do the same thing. What's your word for the year? And I always am like thinking on the spot, and I hate that. And so I tried to come up with one that I could actually think ahead of time. And so as I was thinking about what's my word for the year, the word that I came up with was this. Everyone say this on account three. One, two, three. Bold. Okay, and, and, and the reason that I, I selected that was because of the fact that honestly, if I'm thinking about something that I want to see happen in 2023, I want 2023 not to be meh. I don't want 2023 to be something where it's like you get to December 31st and all of a sudden you're just like, well, yeah, I kind of phoned it in here and there. Or it was an okay year or bad things happened I didn't see coming and I had to respond to that. And I was kind of like doing damage control all over the place. And I, I want 2023 to be a year that I look back on. I'm like, that was bold. And then the truth is, as I was thinking about this sermon, that word just kept on coming up again. The reality that if, we're, if you're a Christian, you're called into a bold life. You're called into a bold adventure. And most bold Christians aren't bold, they're boring, right? And the reason we're boring is not because you're boring people. Because honestly, there's parts of you that are super engaging and exciting and intriguing, but you become boring with your faith because honestly, you just think that's what you're supposed to do. I show up, I listen, I go home and live my life. And that is boring. You are not crafted to be boring. You're not crafted to be like flatlining your spiritual walk and this life that you've got. No, you're called to be bold. And, and that comes from place, someplace. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. The place that your boldness as a Christian comes from is from scripture. It comes from the Bible. And so what we're going to talk about today real briefly is how do we do that? How do we live this out? And, and the way that we live out boldness is, is starting off with bold beliefs. And, and bold beliefs come from 2 Timothy 3.16, where it says, all scripture is God-breathed. Let's say that together. One, two, three. All scripture is God-breathed. Now, that's a bold belief. If you actually believe that this isn't just a man-made book, that's bold. If you don't believe that this is just like on the same page as like, you know, the Quran or the Book of Mormon or the Encyclopedia Britannica, if you think that this is actually exceptional in some way, shape, or form, that's, that's, that's a bold claim. Do you believe that? Because I do. I believe that all scripture, this word of God is actually breathed by God and, and that we can actually trust it. Which brings me to this. I need five people that are under 10 that like candy. Five people under 10 that like candy. If you could just raise your hand. I'll call, okay, one at the back row. Okay, come on up. All right, do I have uh, another one who likes candy? Okay, yep, yep, come on up. Two, okay, I need, I need, okay, uh, three, four. Uh, all right, go ahead, come five. Okay, all right, come on up here. Okay, here's the deal. A lot of people, do we have five? Is everyone coming up? Oh, okay, I'm over here. Okay, actually, well, you, you come down here, guys. All right, we'll get up there in just a sec. All right, how's it going? 
Yeah, all right, come on down here. All right, here's the deal. A lot of people, they look at the Bible and they're like, oh, I can't believe, hi, how's it going? Um, I, I can't believe the Bible because it's like, it's not scientific or like it, it, this thing just feels like it's conflicting with this thing and I just don't understand it and they, they just like, ah, I don't care about the Bible. But the Bible is God-breathed and it's not just one, can you say genre? That's a tough word, yeah, okay. Genre means like type. Of, and so here's some, some genres we see in the Bible. Everyone say this real loud. What is this? History. History. History is one of the genres in the Bible. There you go. I want you to take that and I want you to take this. Go ahead and take that rope. Okay. All right. Here's another genre in the Bible. What is this? Okay. Wisdom. Are you wise? Oh, yes, you are. There you go. There you go. <laughs> you got siblings like, no, not at all. All right. You also have this in the Bible. Prophecy. Okay, so prophecy is like what's going to happen down the road. And so some of that's really symbolic. So history is like a play-by-play of what's happening. Wisdom is like this is helping you to gain insight from God's perspective. Prophecy is what's happening down the road. What's this? You know there's stuff in the Bible that's not intended to be taken literally? It's intended to be taken poetically because it was written as poetry. And so if you read poetry literally, you're reading it wrong. Now, the whole Bible's not poetic, but there are portions that are on purpose, and that is one of the genres. So there you go. You get to be a poet. All right, here is your rope. And last one is this. Letters. There's stuff in the Bible where we see, like, the church getting launched, and we get to understand what God was doing. Oh, here we go. I left. All right, does everyone got a rope? Okay. Now, I want you guys to go ahead and give me one side of that, because now here's the thing. The Bible has 40 authors. In the 66 books, there's 40 authors. So all these genres, they play into 40 different authors. Okay, but the Bible wasn't written by humans. It was written by who? God. In fact, we get specific on that. It's the Holy Spirit. All right, Holy Spirit. So here's what we see Scripture saying. Can Can you guys do this? I want you guys to go ahead and give me one section of this. And hold on to the other side. Hold on to the other side. Good job. All right. Okay, follow me. The Bible says, how are we doing? Okay, we're doing good. All right. The Bible says in 2 Peter 1.21 that no prophecy had its origin in the human will. But prophets, though human, spoke for God as they were being led by who? That's right, the Holy Spirit. Now, I want you to look at, now, are you guys all stepping in the exact same spots? No. Are you guys all following the same person? Yes. All right, watch yourself down here. Each one of you are taking steps based on your height, based on how long your legs are, but you're all following me, and that's what the Bible is. The Bible is 66 books written by the same Holy Spirit, God, who is working through 40 authors, their own personalities, their own style, their own speech pattern, but one God is leading them with one message. That's why even though the Bible is written over 1,500 years of time on three continents and three languages, it's all one message. And the message is about God's love. And the Holy Spirit made all that happen. You guys give it up for all these guys right here. All right, you guys can just put all that down. Come on over here. All right. I hope you guys like Kit Kats. Here you go. There you go. Trick or treat. Okay. All right, here you go. All right, awesome. Enjoy. All right. Now, here's the thing. You can believe that all scripture is God-breathed, but then you got the next problem. Okay, there's lots of Bibles out there. Like, isn't the Bible like, isn't that a big problem though? Like, maybe God had an inspired book at one time in the first century, but 
This is 2023 now. That's like a, that's a lot of years past the first century. How can I know that the Bible we have is even trustworthy to read? Because isn't it all translations? There's so many translations that it's like the telephone game that this is translated from the last translation, from the last translation. And over time, the message of God that he breathed must have gotten like lost in the mix. No. And in order to illustrate that, I'm going to do what anyone who wants to illustrate anything significant does. I'm going to use coffee. Now, here's the deal. The reality is, is that when we look at the Bible, when we're looking at how the Bible is translated, it is not translated from one translation to the next, where it's just basically the telephone game. In fact, if you got a, a translation today, you can go ahead and open up the second envelope and start writing that. If you got a translation today, it is more accurate than 500 years ago and more accurate than 500 years before that because as archaeology progresses, we have even more and more confidence in the words that we have because we're getting earlier and earlier artifacts that help us have the confidence. And all of a sudden, we also realize that, wow, this is amazing that, that, that we actually have something that's so solid. But when a person's translating the Bible, they're not going back to like the 1975 version of the Bible to get the new translation. They're going back to the earliest manuscripts. Anytime a translation happens, they're going all the way back to the original source. So it's instead of like a game of, of telephone where we start someone over here and they like talk and all of a sudden we get down all the way to the back over there. This would be like all of you hearing what I said. And if I, was, if I was the original manuscript, I would say something like this, like, okay, everyone write down, the cat is brown. And all of you would write that down because I would be the original or the youngest source that, that, that we can come across. And so when we have the Bible, we have something that's translated like that. So this is how I look about it with coffee. Or think about it with coffee. This is black coffee. How many of you drink black coffee? Okay, there's a couple of kids that raised their hand. I'm so proud. I love black coffee, but I did not start out loving black coffee. I'll tell you why. It's bitter and it's, it's just hard to swallow sometimes. And so, but here's the thing. Once I started drinking black coffee, I loved it way more than coffee with cream and sugar. You know why? Because I can, because I'm a man, that's right. Because I can taste I can taste the actual ground. Before it was like Maxwell House or Starbucks or Intelligentsia, it doesn't matter because with enough French vanilla, it tastes like the same thing. But honestly, the truth is, is that the cool thing is that when I, when I have a black cup of coffee right now, I can taste the difference between Maxwell House and Starbucks, Honduran blend, Ethiopian blend, Guatemalan blend. You can actually taste the difference and it's amazing. That is what is similar to formal equivalent Translation. Everyone say formal equivalence. Formal equivalence means word for word translation. And so that's where the pre people go to back to the original, the earliest Greek and Hebrew, and they say, okay, I'm going to get this word to this word, this word to this word, this word to this word. And like a black cup of coffee, the advantage is you're tasting the source that much better. Now, the weakness to formal equivalent or black coffee approach to translation is, it's like if someone took Spanish and they translated it to English and they went word for word, just in order, it would be clunky, right? When we're translating something into another language, we want to have it sound like it's natural in that language. And so one of the, the weaknesses of formal equivalence or black coffee approach is that it's a little bit more, like it's a little bit more rough. It's a little bit more tough to read naturally. But for someone who's studying God's word, this is a great translation to have. In your notes, I wrote down that the King James Version, the New King James Version are, are um, formal equivalents. 
the ESV. There's a brand new one called the Legacy, uh, uh, Legacy Standard Bible, which is the new version of the New American Standard. Those are all awesome, awesome formal equivalent Bibles. And you should have one of those in your bookshelf or something just to be able to, to read that. That's really, really good. That is what's called formal equivalent or black coffee approach. Now, there's another style of translation, and that is called dynamic equivalent. Everyone say dynamic Dynamic equivalent is basically coffee, all the same coffee, but with cream and sugar. Now, how many of you enjoy your coffee with cream and sugar? Okay, there's a reason for that. And I'll tell you the reason, because I know this is because when I, when, I, when I started drinking coffee and when I've tried to help my, um, my nieces and nephews, when they turn 16, they know they've got something coming from me. And that's a date in Chicago. And we go up to Chicago, and we ride Divi bikes, and it's super cool, but it's all leading to a very important thing, their first cup of coffee. Now, I don't start them on black coffee. The Lord has a plan for them, and they'll get there eventually. <laughs> I start them with cream and sugar, and a lot of it. Do you know why? Because I want them to be able to enjoy it, to understand it, and see why this is actually a benefit to them. And so I start them with this. The dynamic equivalent translation is not word-for-word translation. It's thought-for-thought or phrase-for-phrase translation. And examples are the New International Version or the New Living Translation. These are dynamic equivalent translations. And the, the advantage to them is that they are smoother to read. The, the Bible that I read, the Bible that I preach out of is a dynamic equivalent. It's a new international version for that reason. And so that's something where, where you, you just understanding the two versions there, that's really, really important to see that they're the formal equivalent, the dynamic equivalent, and then there's one final kind of translation and it's called the paraphrase or what I like to call the Frappuccino. <laughs> okay, now Frappuccino. Frappuccino if you're someone that's like, I just love coffee drinking. I love coffee drinking. I'm like, oh, you are my kind of person. What kind of coffee do you like to drink? I drink Frappuccinos. I would say, you're not a coffee drinker. <laughs> this, is, um, this is a coffee-flavored dessert drink. This is diabetes in a bottle. But one thing it's not, it's not like this coffee that, that they, where you're drinking a coffee like you would these two. And so paraphrases land in that category. One of, the best categ- one of the best paraphrases out there is the message by Eugene Peterson. And here's why it's good. It's better than all the other paraphrases in my opinion. If you don't have a copy of the message, you should get one. And here's why. Eugene Peterson was a pastor and, a, and a, a scholar, and so he knows the Greek and Hebrew. So he goes back, and he actually was trying to do the work of a translator to actually translate the original Hebrew and the original Greek. And so he's doing that, but as a pastor, he's also putting it into words and language that is very, very current. And, and, and so it's even more smoothed over than a dynamic equivalent. Now, because there's a lot more elaboration there, it's not as tight a translation. So I would, I would encourage a person not to make that your primary source of Bible reading and devotion. But I'll be honest with you. If you're reading through a passage and it's tough, a pastor goes to a commentary and to the message because Eugene Peterson as a pastor who understood the Greek and Hebrew is helping us understand this in current language. So you would be smart to have one of these. Does anyone want this Frappuccino? All right. Wow, that was very, very fast. Okay, good. <laughs> now here's the deal. The question, though, that I get a lot as a pastor is I get the question of which translation should I read? Which translation is the right translation? There was a, a, a Bible translator that recently said this, and he was, he's a formal um, equivalent translator, so the tightest and most strict translation type, and this is what he said. He said, the best translation is the one that you're reading. 
The best translation is the one that you're reading. If, you're, if you've got a great translation that's super tight to the Greek and Hebrew, but you don't understand it, or it's, it's tough for you to read, that's not a great translation for you. The best translation is the one that you are reading. And I would also add to this something that they told us at Moody. If you're reading a dynamic equivalent translation this year, or last year, try a different translation than you normally are used to. Because oftentimes when we're reading God's word, it can become white noise if we've read the same passage over and over again in the same translation. You sharpen yourself when you're actually reading something that lands a little bit differently. Same translation, same trustworthy, same source material for the translation, but a little bit different than you're, you're used to. Okay, so all scripture is God-breathed. That's, what, that's our bold belief. But we get to the bold process of this and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Okay, now for this next part, I'm gonna need uh, two people who would like to race. Okay, and, and you get, okay, all right, all right, okay, one, all right, and okay, yeah, Aiden, all right. This is gonna be potentially disastrous. Okay, so what we're gonna do is this. All right, why don't you guys get on down here? All right, and I'm gonna have you. All right, we're gonna do this just for, okay. Did you guys ever hear like from your parents not to run in church when you were growing up? Yeah. Okay, disregard that right now. All right, so here's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna want you to go ahead and I want you to run that way. And you're gonna run all the way around there and you're gonna come back here. And Aiden, you're gonna do the same thing that way. Now here's the deal. I haven't checked with our insurance on this, so just be careful. Okay, <laughs> on your mark, get set, go. All right, let's see what's going to happen here. All right. Oh, you got to go back. Can we go, go around, all the way around, all the way around. Oh, boy. Oh. Oh. All right, come on, give it up for Aiden, too. All right, here you guys go. Hold on. There you go. That's for you. And I've got something for you, Mr. Huddleston, as a prize. Oh, there it is. Okay, Ugh. Olaf. <laughs> this was, um, this was a, a white elephant gift that I didn't really want to keep, but you can have it, okay. All right, give it up for both these guys. All right, awesome. Okay, actually, both you guys, you guys are both athletic, right? Yeah. Have you guys, are you guys, what athletics have you played? Pole vault? Football. All right, now for pole vaulting and football, you just basically show up for the game or the event and you just... Go to, you just basically do it, right? Yeah, okay, no practice or anything, right? Yeah, yeah, okay, so, so both of you guys had to show up. You had to go to practice, why? Practice makes perfect, that's good. But here's the thing, that's the Bible. When we try to engage in the, here's the, any one of us could have done exactly what those guys did, even the wrong course, like Aiden. <laughs> any one of us could have done that, but here's the deal. A lot of us in the race of life, we have this, this weird perspective of thinking with spirituality, well, I just show up. I don't need to, I don't need, I, I'm just, I'm here. But God has actually called us to recognize that scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. You cannot be the person that God wants you to be without training, without coaching. Scripture is your coach. If you're trying to follow Jesus without scripture as your coach, there's a reason why you're spinning your wheels. There's a reason why it's so tough. Now, if any of you have ever run, many of you have run. Some of you have started running. And after the first run, you're like, I will never do that again. Some of you made resolutions. I'm going to start running. And tomorrow you're going to run. And you'll say, never again. A lot of people do the same thing with the Bible. 
I'm going to get into this. And they start reading and it gets confusing and they stop. But here's the thing. Scripture is intended to be the trainer. That means you go to Scripture. And as you go to Scripture time and time and time again, something starts to happen inside of you. You start to get trained. You start to get conditioned. And because all Scripture is useful for that. And, and here's the thing. If you go to this book and you expect that this is just going to affirm you and encourage you and tell you that you're doing awesome stuff, you're not recognizing that this is intended to teach, rebuke, correct, and train. If you have a coach that's just basically telling you you're awesome all day long, but not giving you any instruction, that's a terrible coach. If, if you basically show up to some practice thinking that that's the whole purpose of it is for you to feel better about yourself, you're missing the point that you're never going to get any better. Scripture is a rebuker. It's a, it's a trainer. It's a corrector. It's, a, it, it's an equal opportunity offender. If you're a Republican or you're a Democrat and you read this book, it will correct you no matter who you are. If you're gay, straight, or Baptist, you read this book, it'll correct you no matter what. If you're someone that thinks you've got all your life all together and you read this book, it will correct you. If you feel like everything is all messed up in the world and everything's dark and there is no redemptive hope, you're going to read this book and it's going to correct you. Why? Because that's the point. It's from God to do that inside of you. All right, you can open up the third envelope. The last thing that we have, not only the bold belief that all scripture is God-breathed, not only the bold process, that we, we, have, we trust the process, that, that the, the Bible is not just intended to challenge me, it's intended to change me. But we actually get the, the final bit of it in the final part of this verse, which is the bold goal. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God will be fully equipped for every good work. The purpose of scripture is not just that you get changed, but that you become an agent of change. Not just that, that this changes your life and your perspective, but that as you walk into your world at school, or you walk into your world at the, on your job, or you when you're hanging out with friends, and all of a sudden, the stuff that's in here that changed the stuff in here changes the world around you. God wants you not just to be someone who's a receiver of this great stuff, but that you're someone that actually is a light within the community that you are in. And so here's how we do that. Here's how we actually step into that. First off, the bold, first bold move is this. We start reading. We get into it. The first bold move that you can take is to start a reading plan tomorrow. No, not tomorrow. When? Today. If you're not in the Bible today, seriously, this will turn out like all the other resolutions that fail because like, oh yeah, that's awesome. I'm going to totally get to that in 2023. You won't. Start today. Here, let me just give you some like, like tips on how to do that. We talk about this all the time, but YouVersion is like awesome. If you go to your phone, if you go to the app store, go to like do a search for YouVersion. It's free. And I'm a McFadden. I love stuff that are good, but I also I really love stuff that are good and free. And this stuff is free. This has got thousands of reading plans. They got reading plans that'll help take you through the whole Bible in a year. They got reading plans that'll take you through the Gospels in a year. They got reading plans that'll, like, if you struggle with rage or lust or, or whatever, they got a reading plan that'll actually take you through God's Word and allow that to be your trainer, your shaper. If you're someone that, that's, that's struggling with your relationships, they've got reading plans for this. And here's the thing. I, many of us have, like, started off here, like, I'm going to read the whole Bible in a year. And you, like, burn out within a month or two, Right? Uh, I love my, my wife, Julie. She's got this thing where she goes on this and she does a lot of short-term plans. So it's not this massive lofty goal. It's like, I'm going to do a five-day reading plan, a seven-day reading plan, or a two-week reading plan. I'm just going to go through a ton of those off of this throughout the year. 
do that. I want to just personally, my own personal belief is that when you go on version, check out the Bible Project reading plans because they not only take you through God's word, but they also have videos. And with the videos, they got great art. I'm a visual person. It's very easy for me to get distracted when I'm reading the Bible. And so having something that helps me understand what I'm reading is so, <clears throat> so critically important. Later on this year, we're doing a series in the book of Hosea. And one of the things that I'm going to do in preparation for that is I'm going to go to their eight-minute summary of the book of Hosea. And they do this with every single one of the 66 books where they, in the whole Bible where they summarize the whole book in eight minutes showing you the layout and how it all fits together. So if you've ever been like reading in the Bible, like, man, I just totally don't understand Leviticus. Or man, I just totally don't understand the book of Revelation. I don't, I don't understand the book of Joel. I mean, these are just weird, abstract thoughts. These help. And so watch this prior to you reading that book. And all of a sudden, you've got a visual layout of the word that you can actually navigate that all the more better. Super, super awesome. You can even just like, like YouTube search the Bible Project Hosea, the Bible Project Matthew, whatever book you're looking into, and it'll do that. It'll showcase for you all of that. Now, everyone, if you've got your phones, to check, um, go ahead and like take a picture of that, or you can actually just scan that with your phone. This is something that's free. That, um, our, the church pays for this, but we want to give this as a gift to everyone here. There's over 20,000 video files for kids, for youth and for adults on how to get into God's word, how to, how to grow in God's word. There's tons of like kids animated stuff on here that helps kids understand God's word better. But if you're like 80 years old and you've been a Christian forever, this actually has stuff on here that helps you read the Bible better. You could just put it in the search bar. How do I study the Bible better? And there's going to be people that are going to be coaching you on these videos that'll help you out. If you want to take bold steps this year, take bold steps and let the Bible be your trainer. Let the Bible be, be your instruction and this will help you. Now, again, here's the thing. I'm not going to tell you the right way to get into the Bible because uh, this is something I really, really do believe. The best way to read the Bible is the way that you read the Bible. The best way that, to read the Bible is the way that helps you read the Bible. Some of you are the type of people where you wake up early and that's the perfect time for you to get into God's word. Some of you are like, before you go to bed, that's the perfect time for you to get in, into God's word. Some of you, it's like on your lunch break, perfect time to get in God's word. And some of you... There just seems like there's no time. Here's what I want to encourage you to do. One of the cool things with YouVersion is that they've got like a play function. And so when I'm doing reading plans, sometimes I'm reading like in, in an actual Bible or, or on my actual phone. And other times I'm just hitting play and I'm listening to the word. Like if I'm on a run or if I'm driving, I just put that on and I'm, all of a sudden I'm hearing God's word wash over me and I'm listening to it and I'm getting a lot out of it. I've heard, I've had people here who are like, my husband doesn't read the Bible right. He doesn't read the Bible. He just listens to the Bible. And I go, whoa. Within the 2,000 years of Christian history, there have been a whole lot of church, there's been a whole lot of Christians who've grown in their faith from God's word who were illiterate. There's been a whole lot of years that we didn't even have a printed Bible. So how did they grow from God's word? They heard it. And we have more opportunities to do that than ever before. Okay, so number one, start a reading plan today. Bold move number two, start marking up your Bible today. This is not from the Bible. It's not a Bible verse around this. This is just a pastoral encouragement. Um, I'm somebody that I, because I'm visual, if I'm just sitting down in church, this is the reason why we have notes. If, I, if I'm just sitting down in church, if I'm not preaching and someone else is preaching, I'm like counting the lights. I am so ADD, it's not funny. 
And so what I have to do is I have to be writing something down. And, and so what I would encourage you to do, it, it, there's something that's awesome about that. If you go to a lecture, if you just sit in a lecture and you have your hands behind your back and you're expecting to retain what the person is saying, that's a joke. You probably won't. That's why we take notes in class or take notes when we're trying to study something because there's something about hearing it and actually having your hand engaged that has two parts of your brain engaged to help you understand something. And so what I want to encourage you to do is to do that in your physical Bible. And so this is what I mean. I, what I do is I, I love, um, oh, all sec. I love, actually, could you get to the next slide real quick? My phone's going to be reconnecting. I love to actually get in my Bible and just mark it up. Draw pictures. Um, you don't have to draw pictures, but that helps me remember stuff. And then, like, write notes. If I'm preaching on something, I want to go ahead and write the notes of what I'm preaching on. If I'm not preaching, if Dave's preaching or Brent or someone else, I take notes on what I write down. I'm like, Brent Molson, it's February 4th. 2021, and then I like write the notes. And what I do, and parents, if you want to do this, this is cool too. What I do is when I get to, when one of my kids graduates from high school, I give them that Bible. I give them a copy of that, of, of, that's all marked up with my markings in it. Because it's like a journal of, of what God's done inside of my life. And, and then I give that to them. I want to challenge you to spend 2023 doing that. Uh, to actually getting a, if you've got a Bible at home, starting to mark it up, bring it to church. We're starting a series next week that's going to start next week and go all the way to right before Easter called He Gets Us. It's, it's a focus on the incarnation of Jesus going through the book of Hebrews and the Gospels. Bring a Bible, a physical Bible, yours, and mark it up, underline it. When you're at home or when you're reading your Bible throughout the week and you're like, I don't, I totally don't understand that. Put a question mark in the column and, and, and then be able to like circle back and get to it later. But at, the, at December 31st of the end of this year, you'll be able to look back on that Bible and see like a journal all the things that God was teaching you. Now, if you don't own a Bible, here's what I want you to do. Either buy one, you could go on Amazon before we get it done with the service, or you can go out there in the atrium and we have a table. We have Bibles that, that are Mission Bible Church Bibles and there's Bibles that people have left here from years ago, and they've never claimed them. Guess what? They're yours. Go ahead. There's like an NIV study Bible back there. Snag it. And take that Bible and bring it back next week with a pen and start to underline it. When you're getting into God's word, underline it and actually step into that. Next slide. Bold move number three is to let your changed life change lives. Because again, the bold belief of believing that this is God's word leads us to the fact that it's going to be our trainer. It's going to change us. But it's not just to change you. It's to change you so that you change the world around you. Let your changed life change lives around you. Bold is something that is so important for us to understand. If you want 2023 to be something where you're looking at the relationships you have and you want to see bold steps taken there, the Bible is your source. If you're starting a new job and a new opportunity or a new year of school or new, something where there's brand newness and you want to see God do something significant, you're not just going to be shooting from the hip, but you want bold moves that are going to be honoring God. The Bible is your source of that. Every step of the way, Christians, this is where you get your bold moves from. Don't make it up as you go along. Don't shoot from the hip and don't take my word for it. Get into here and watch the bold take place. Amen? Amen. Let's stand for prayer. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you gave us your word. We thank you that, that you've given us the capacity to not just be a passive person going through life, but instead you've called us to obediently follow your lead. Step into the bold steps, God, that you have for us and watch 
is you not only change us, but you change our relationships and you change our world. God, we're praying that this year we will see you do something significant. Lord, don't let us as Christians or as a church phone it in in 2023. Don't let us fly under the radar or live on the DL, but let us live boldly in a way that's honoring to you and we will give you the thanks and the glory for it. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. Bring your Bibles next week. We'll see you then. Love you, church.